but it's like it's not that no so what was that turning point so it was like you're talking about like earning the love right so when the minute i realized i don't have to strive for him to love me and so it doesn't matter what i've done in the past or what shame i have felt i had to let that go Okay. Hey guys. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Roy and Mama Couch Conversations. I am joined here today with the amazing (laughs) Pastor Jocelyn Perez. And I am so excited for you to come and just give us what's on your heart. I just, we're going to be talking about today's topic is really about shame. And how do we transition from shame to purpose? And I think that's such a huge thing for moms because sometimes we don't realize when we come into motherhood that we are still dealing with the shames from our childhood. And so we, in a way for me, I find that it becomes a driving force behind the decisions that we make with our children. So. I'm going to pass this off to you. I'm defaulting to expert. This is what I do. I bring people on and I'm like, you talk. <laughs> I'm here to just kind of fill the conversation and, and figure this thing out. But you're the expert. I'm here to learn from you. You're here to give us a word. So I thank you for coming to sit with us oh, thank and you. talk to us. This is amazing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. And one of the first times I would say you felt shame okay. in your life. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here on the Roaring Mama platform. (laughs) Um, And so um, my name is Jocelyn Perez. And um, (laughs) we have kids sneaking in. So sorry. This is what happens. We're moms. Like, there's no edit. He just tried to sneak in through the curtain. Oh, that's so funny. Um, So my name is Jocelyn, and I... um, I'm married with two boys. My my husband, Edwin Perez, he's awesome and amazing. Awesome. Um, shout out. Brownie shout points. Shout out to my hubby. <laughs> um, and I have two boys, Elijah and Ethan, 15 and 8 years old. Wow. It is adventurous. Yes. And I then waiting imagine. so long in between, between 15 and 8 years old. We didn't plan it that way. Didn't want it that way. We wanted them closer together, but it just didn't happen that okay. way. Okay. So, okay. Um, and so that's kind of who we are as far as like parents and uh, husband and wife. And we also are care pastors at V1 Church. And You guys have your plate full. I, I don't are. even know how you do half the things that you do Yes, in the 24-hour period that we have. Because it's like you're a care pastor, you're a mom, you're a full-time employee. Like, how do you do all of that? That's just, that's amazing. So yes. I give you props. I'm Thank like, you. when I see mothers just in their purpose and living it out and doing it, I'm like in the corner, like with my little pom-poms, like, you got it, you got it. Oh, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's never easy. Uh-huh. Um, but when you're in your purpose, you still feel very fulfilled yes, in what you're doing. Yes. Um, so I'm never walking around or wa- running around feeling like no, like a nomad, not knowing yeah. where I'm going. So I always feel like there's purpose in everything that I do. So, so it purpose is, grounds you. Yeah, it does ground That's you. That's good. And it feels it feels really good to be able to do That's that. That's amazing. Um So your next question on the shame part, I feel like with shame, 
the first time it hit me or the first time I realized shame or knew what shame was or felt shame, mm-hmm. um, I feel like with my family of origin in with my grandparents and and the way they were very shaming in a lot mm. of the way that they raised their children. Wow. And so I just remember my mom being so shamed and just watching that from mm. the outside, looking at how much they shamed her, especially when she was pregnant before wedlock. And so wow. she carried that shame. Mm. And I saw her carry that shame and that burden and how it like held her down. And then, of course, it just kind of transferred over to us. And that's the way she parented Um, more my dad with shame. Um, So that's kind of how in that family of origin, shame just became such a big part of how they raised their children and how they got us to do things. They shamed us. Right. So it was like the discipline was very shaming. That's a good one. And I think I love what you're talking about there, because I don't think we realize even as mothers, like I was saying, we can carry value systems over that are unhealthy and shame becomes a value system by what we raise our children. And so you saw it. Therefore, it was like, and we think our kids are not watching. And I think that's always the thing, even at a young age, we're like, oh, they don't see, they don't understand. But to see that such a young age, you watched the interaction between your grandparents and your parents and how that formed your thinking and kind of like you said your mom's parenting styles was and our parents styles and so it's not just in your culture your family of origin but I think when you kind of look back it's it's normal shaming our children to get them to behave in the right right manner is normal yes that's a normal thing that we do. It's not exclusive to just one group. Yes. And also like being a part of a Latin family. Mm-hmm. So like my dad, I can recall even recently where like in the Latin families, it was like the adults, you respect them. Yes. So it was like when a, when a family member came in or like my dad came home or my I went to see my grandparents, there was a respect that I that was instilled in us on how we greet them mm. and how we ask for their blessing. So there was there was like a term, a phrase that we used um, saying bendición. So you're asking them for a blessing and then they would say, you know, God bless you in Spanish. And so um, my dad still holds to that. And so when his grandchildren um, do not greet him in that way, He feels disrespected. Wow. And so recently he actually shamed my niece for not saying that to her. And I went to him and I was like, the way you treated her, because she felt like she did something so wrong. And I said, the way you treated her was very shaming. Wow. Wow. And it really hit me like, wow, that was really shaming to, for that little thing. It wasn't something big. That was really small. But now now she's carrying shame. Because mm. then you feel as if, and I think the thing about shame is we feel as if we're not living up to someone else's standard. So, and it's not that we're not, and a lot of the time is, but what is God's standard for us? Yes. What is God's standard for me? Yes. And we get caught in this web, like you rightfully said, now she goes through her life thinking, I don't meet grandpa standard because I can't, you know, I don't fit into that culture. It's so hard because when you, you said the Latin background, I'm like, listen, 
I'm, I'm African and the whole cultural thing yes. of you walk in, you greet. Yes. There's a whole set, like my dad's side, there was like a whole song people yeah. you would sing when you would meet an elder. And I'm like, I never learned it. And I was just like, so you would, you would feel like, okay, maybe I'm not living up to this value system. Maybe right. I don't fit into this. And so there's a shame. You're so right. That is associated with yeah. that. That's yeah. a good, that's a good one. I mean, and I think it's really great to like honor the elders, right? Yes. I, I think that is something that I do want to instill in my children, but I, I guess I wouldn't shame them if they didn't, Yeah. you know, greet them in a certain way mm -hmm. or a certain manner. Um, Cause I'm not teaching them the same value system that yeah. maybe my parents taught me, but I do want to teach them respect and honor to their elders um, okay. for sure. Um, I definitely do want to do that. But what you're saying with the value system and identity, it instills because fathers and fathers instill identity in their daughters mm -hmm. and mothers teach their daughters how to be women mm. and vice versa. The mothers instill identity in their chill in their sons. And then the sons um, learn how to be a man from their dads. And so identity is something that the children always need poured into them. And where you're saying, like, if she's looking at, if like my niece is looking at not meeting a standard or like what is God's standard for who we are and just learning how to be a daughter. So that was something that I had to learn is to be a daughter of God, a daughter of the kingdom. Um, and that was really difficult. And I carried a lot of shame through my life that I had to really, really know how to be a daughter. And so you could just look at an example of Paul, um, Saul and David. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and David <clears throat> was going to go before the Philistine army, Goliath, the, and Saul was giving him his armor to wear. Mm -hmm. And David's like, well, that's, I don't need to wear your armor. That's not my because identity. that's not my identity. That's, that's not a who goal. I am. Okay. So she's about to preach. So this is why <laughs> we have Pastor Joshua so she can preach. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, and I, because I've been recently doing a study on it, and it's like, mm -hmm. it is an identity, and it's so important because if we don't know what our, who, we are and what our identity is, then we will be roaming around not knowing who we are and trying to fit in someone else's box or standard of what we should be. And then we can never live our true selves. That's good. That was good. I've never seen that story of David and Goliath with Saul. That moment, you're so right, was a defining moment for David because it was saying no to your way and yes to God's way. Yes. And he knew. And I think what was amazing was if he had said to Saul, no, I'm just taking five rocks to go kill Goliath, Saul would have probably definitely increased the shame because everyone was laughing. They were like, this." first of all, yes. it was like, you're a little kid. Yes. Who do you think you are? Yes. And then now on top of that, it's saying, oh, I'm going to just use five rocks to really kill this giant that we've all been trying to do. Yes. So a lot of times I think what what I'm really drawing from what you're saying is we there comes a point where we have to say, okay, what's God's identity? What's God's way for me? Yes. And what's the world's? And it's making that distinction even in parenting. So now we're going to move into like now how did what you saw as a child growing up, how did that translate into your life when you started moving into adulthood, moving into motherhood? Um, moving into adulthood was 
a struggle learning who I was. Mm. Um, so that was very, very, I wanted to be around people that were healthy. And so I knew that and I was attracted to healthy people and healthy families. And I uh -huh. wanted to know what that kind of looked like. Um, so I surrounded myself with certain people, um, certain families, because I just was really, really attracted to that. Um, growing up into adulthood, I wanted to know what it was to be a Christian, a Christian mom, a Christian wife, because my parents weren't. I didn't grow mm -hmm. up Christian, so to speak. And so when I gave my life to Christ, it was something new and I just needed to know what that looked like. Mm. Um, and then into adult uh, a motherhood, that was a totally different ball game. There was a lot of learning that I did aside from Christ, it was my son became uh, was diagnosed with autism, my eldest. Mm. So there was a lot of therapy that he was going through with speech and occupational therapy and some cognitive delays. And I had to learn how to relate to him and understand his cognitive delays. So that taught me parenting in a whole other way. What it really changed, what really changed for me in my mindset was he does well when I do positive reinforcement. So wow. if I praised him first and, and just only looked at the positive things with knowing that that positive reinforcement is going to help him get better and not focusing on the negative reinforcement, which that's what shame does. Yes. It, it, it does. It focuses on the negative. I was just about to And say. not the positive. And so him being diagnosed and us going through therapy and family therapy, it literally changed our lives. Changed your way of thinking. It changed how my you were whole brought mindset. Up. Yes. And how to parent and how to instill things in my child. And it's like you use those same lessons that you learned on yourself now. It's like, how do I better? And that's what God does. I don't think there's ever a point, and this is why when you read God is so adverse to shame, is God never looks as our negative because if he did, none of us will be here. I know I'll probably be the first one in line like, Jesus, you could take me now because I will not make it to heaven. But it, it's amazing because he sees are wrong, but believes yes. the best. Yeah. And I think that's where the distinction is with shame. Shame sees our worst yes. and points out our worst. Yeah. And then we fall short of our purpose. Yes. But God says, I see your worst. And like you did with your son now learning. And it's it's funny because you would think that a diagnosis like that for it's you know, Whoa, that's a lot for a family. But God used that to train you and yes. change you yes. and help you deal with the ways that you've been thinking, the wrong ways that you've yes. been thinking. Yes. But even with that diagnosis, how did that make you feel in, th in that moment? So um, for a long time, this is something that I hate to admit, but I will. I will. Mm. It's a part of my story. And so I had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. And so when he was born and when he became like age that we started mm -hmm. to real recognize milestones that he wasn't reaching, um, I had already carried the shame of not of like have, getting pregnant before wedlock and all that. So I carried Similar to what you saw with your mom. Similar to what I saw with my mom. So now it's like you already A generational. <laughs> it's like you already knew what to expect yeah. from family. Right. 
And then I know that must have been hard for you because it's like, I saw the shame she went through. Yes. How do I carry? And it's like, now you have to live it. Yes. Yes. Live through it. But the only thing is, at that time, it was a little bit more socially acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Than when my mom was pregnant and young. Right. But then with, with that, my family didn't shame me, but I still kind of was disappointed. That's not what I wanted for my life. Yeah. Um, but when he, be- when my son became 18 months and we recognized the milestones, it was shame came back big mm. time because I felt like, well, this is my consequence of like, if God was like this God that was like, well, you chose like, he's all punishing these- you. Yep. That's what, I, that's exactly. <laughs> he's punishing you for, and so now for being have- in this situation. This is your punishment. And I carry that shame for oh, wow. so long until Finally, I was like, this is this is not who God is. And that's not, I'm a daughter. That's not who he is. And that's not what he has for me. And just looking back, it was actually a gift because it trained me differently and it gave me a different mindset. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. a good, <laughs> that's, that's good. I, I mean, you see the progression of shame yes. that we pass down from generations and it's, it's like a gift we hand to our kids and we don't even intentionally want to do it. Right. But because that's the only way we know, it's like, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to teach your kids the same thing. And then their kids after. And so now you have a generation. And in a way, it's kind of like you, because you've shamed every generation, we're in a way, it's this idea of we're running away from something, not realizing that the more that you're trying to avoid it, the more you're walking right into it. Yes. So much so. So how do what was that turning point for you? And I know you said um, it was just at some point you realized I need to learn to be a daughter. What was the turning point that for you, or if you could think about it, of no more living in the standards of the world, no more shaming myself because I may have made mistakes, but now I'm accepting the love, the forgiveness, the mercy that God has bestowed on me freely. Right. Freely, right. not for a cause. And that's I think that's the thing sometimes even as Christians, as moms, is... Because we're so used to doing, 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 at times we feel as the doing makes us earn something. Like it's penance in a way. Like, okay, I'm going to do. If I do, I take care of my kids and this makes me a great mom. And it's funny because we see all of these memes of, oh yeah, you know, you cook, you clean, you do the laundry, you do this. And so you're effective mom. And it's like, none of those things make you a great mom. Because I feel as if if you're doing all of those things and you're grumbling in your heart and you can't stand your kids, you're just doing it because you want to do it. I would much rather and not do the laundry and hire someone to do it, which right. if you're listening, Randall, this is my cue for you to hire somebody to <laughs> fold the laundry. We've been... Oh, I know. I Listen, hate the I hate folding the laundry. We do laundry and laundry stays there. It's been two weeks and I've just been looking at those piles like, yeah. maybe if I pray hard enough, they'll <laughs> fold. It hasn't worked, so don't try it. Um, <laughs> if only they can invent a folding machine. I know, like just throw everything in and it folds. But it's like we we... We're giving ourselves, we're thinking that because we do so much, it makes us great parents. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same way we think God parents us. Yes. 
is if we do for him, mm-hmm. then he loves us more. Yes. Or if we fold and we 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 teach and we minister, then we love. The love is there. Then we become great daughters and yeah. great sons. Yeah. But it's like it's not that. No. So what was that turning point for so you? So it was like you're talking about like earning the love, right? So when the minute I realized I don't have to strive for him to love me. And so it doesn't matter what I've done in the past or you know, what shame I have felt. I had kind of let that, I had to let that go because I couldn't live life and like live my life to the fullest and carry all that shame. Mm-hmm. And so it was progressive. It wasn't like instant. It was a process and a, prog- a progress as, as I continue to grow in my faith and in my walk with God. And then knowing like I don't have to strive for his love because he loves me anyway. Mm-hmm. And he and he's going to use my life um, because there's plenty of people that are broken. And the same way I was broken, I'm going to be able to minister to someone that is broken and then just bring them into seeing God's grace and purpose for their life and for them to see that they're a daughter too. Yeah, that's a good thing. And I love what you said is we want instant It's like, put it in a microwave. God, here's my shame. Here's my pain. Here's everything I've been through. Let's do that 30 second express heat up and it's all dissolved. And God, it's like, no, it may take you 30 years to get to the fullness of you letting go. Yes. Because it's a, like you said, it's a process. A maturing. Yes. And understanding for sure. Like it, I would say 20 years ago, I didn't understand mm. the way I understand now. And it's all the maturing, the maturing, understanding who he is and having that revelation in that way that he is good and he does love. And I don't need to strive. I don't have to do anything for it. That's Just good. be me because he created me and yeah. he knows me. And so the minute I had that revelation, like he knows me. He knows every thought. He knows everything. <laughs> He, he created me. He knows my personality. He knows every flaw that I have. And that's okay. And the minute I started to be okay with where I was, mm-hmm. when I was in the stages that I was in, and just be okay with that and be optimistic about it and know that his promises are like true and knowing that he, he can work all things for me and knowing that he, um, whatever he's promised for me will be better than I could ever think or imagine with Ephesians 3.20. Mm-hmm. That was like my anthem scripture for so long because it was like, it's going to be better than I could ever imagine. And actually is at this point, 20 years later, looking back. It's it like is. 20 years in. I finally got in. it. And I finally in, I got understood okay. what I was doing all these years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, the rest of us, there's hope. I'm like, well, I, I still, Jesus, I'm just on the beginning. If it took Pastor Jocelyn 20 years, I'll just keep trekking. <laughs> One day I'll get there. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. That's a process. And it's being committed to the process, yes. too. Because I think every day you wake up, it's going to be different. Every day, the, 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 the screams and the shouts of shame will wake up sometime and remind you and the enemy will remind you and say, hey, remember what happened? You still, and you're just like, no, but God says. Yes. And I think it's having those, I know for me, what I found is having those go-tos that I can say every time it kicks in, it's like, no, 
this is what God says. Not what I say, because I'm no good on my own. Right. But this is what God says. This is the ultimate perfect human um, person, human form, every kind of form that there is. This is what he says about me. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's like going through that process. And so now you're at purpose. So you went, you've traveled through, you started off in shame. We'll call it Shameville. (laughs) Shameville. Shameville. We started off in Shameville. We built a house. It was was nice. We lived in it for a while. And then one day God was like, you can no longer live in Shameville. And now you start to walk. And for 20 years, it was like, I'm just walking. I don't know where God has taken me, but along the way, I'm, you know, I'm lodging here at Forgiveness Boulevard, let's say. And I'm living here at Repentance Avenue. And all of these these places, you're making these pit stops. And now you've made it to purpose. Yes. And freedom. And freedom. Freedomville. That's where I'm building my house. That's where you're building your house. (laughs) I like it. Freedomville. All are welcome. (laughs) So now we're at Freedomville. Yeah. Tell us what that feels like to work in your purpose and in the understanding of the complete whole freedom of God. Well, it's so, like I said before, it's fulfilling. Um, You feel like you have, well, I feel like I have purpose um that i can help others and i'm serving others i'd love to serve others mm-hmm. i'm such a peacemaker and um opt- super optimistic yes and i just love <laughs> i just yes, love- she is <laughs> if you ever need a pep talk call pastor <laughs> she'll get you up in your spirit everything i'm like i get these red i told her the other day i was like i get these random text message and i'm like but how are they random if they're so on target i'm like it's like god was like text her and say this and i get it and i'm like oh my god jesus this is amazing <laughs> so you're always on point and you always pick your your pick-me-ups are amazing because they get you from here to here in like a good second Aww. well i just i think knowing being in my purpose, so I'm able to see others mm-hmm. in a different way um, and not in shameville, right? Yeah. Not shaming others and not That's looking true. in the negative, looking at them positively and saying, hey, if you don't see yourself positively, I see you positively and I'm just going to try to push you up That's into good. into um, your destiny and to your purpose, right? Because. That's what I needed, and that's what someone else definitely needs. And so that is the most fulfilling thing for me um, because I love people, and I want to see women and men just in their purpose. I want to see fathers fathering. I don't want it, us to be a father, fatherless nation or oh, fatherless people and mothers mothering and instilling identity in their sons and daughters. And that's ultimately what God wants for us, right? And there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That was a huge revelation for me mm-hmm. and something that I remind myself every single day. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. I don't need to strive for your love. And the same way for anyone that I come into contact with, just love them right where they're at. Because that God loves us right where we are. So I'm just going to love everyone right where they are. It is fulfilling. It is. Uh, it brings me so much joy. That's good. To be able to do that. Now, if you don't love people genuinely, then maybe that doesn't, and you're an introvert, <laughs> but I just it. love to be around people. 
<laughs> it's like, but then that's not your ministry. Don't do it because you will break people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. That's so good. It's like you, the joy that you finally experience. Yes. I think, like you said, Freedomville and Purposeville. Yeah. You're living on Freedomville. Yeah. My home is located on Freedomville and Purpose Avenue. And so here you are yeah. on this place. You've built your home and you just see everyone else. And there are people. And what I love about that depiction in my mind is there are people who have traveled along this way. And this is their first, I would say, first entrance into this new world. It's like a gated community. Yeah. And they're opening the doors and they've been through so much. They've let go of so much along the way. And they're finally here. And here comes Pastor Jocelyn with her amazing smile <laughs> and happy face, just greeting them at the door. Like, hey, welcome. Come in. This is a place that you've always needed to be. Yeah. And I think that's the love. Like you said, it's just genuine loving people yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I think that's living in purpose. I, I There's nothing that can we can trade that for. Yeah. Is when you find that purpose. And one thing I would say, it's when you learn yourself mm. and really know who you are. And I was able to really look within and know, well, I know that I love people and I love to be around people. And I know that um, it brings me joy. Like when I was younger, I used to love to give gifts. Mm. I, it brought me joy on Christmas morning to like see my sister smile. It really, really brought me joy. So knowing myself and knowing how what brings me that joy um, is where it's like, okay, I know that I love to um, compliment others or make them feel good because that's just what I love to do. Yeah. But it was knowing who I was and knowing myself and my identity now that I'm able to do to that. Because you could fake people. it. Yeah. You could fake it all the way through. Fake it till you make it. But at one point, you're going to be dry, right? If you're faking it. Because it's be not coming from right. a sincere place. Right. But once I knew that about myself and know who I, knew who I truly, truly was, I'm not faking it. It's literally just coming out because it's he he continue fills fills to fill me as I'm filling others because it's it brings joy. So amazing. So now we go back in my mind I'm like let's go back to the story of David and how this relates to what you just said. You come full circle. So you started off in this place where you lived in a home where other people were screaming things at you. And this was shame that you're a failure. You're going to be a failure. Right. You're, you know, you had a child out of wedlock. This is part of generational curses. It's not going to, you're not going to progress. And it's funny is like you come out of that house and you walk into this new house and now you're screaming positive things to other people as they're journeying on. You got it. Yes. We're proud of you. Yes. God loves you. Yes. And for the first time, for somebody coming out of a place that you were, and it's like you're you're taking, you're saying to the world, I don't want your identity anymore. That thing that you called me, I'm not living there anymore. I'm going to live in this new home that God has built for me, that where he calls me called, he calls me chosen, he calls me blessed. He calls me a great mom, even on days when I yell at my kids and that was me yesterday. So God help us. <laughs> but you're raising boys. I'm like, I have two boys. And then I was like, let's try for another one. And God was like, listen, you're getting another one. And so shop is closed. That's it. We're not doing this again. I'm not trying to have four of them because the two that are like, we're, we, 
I don't know how I was like, I said to myself, I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> this is madness. But it's like, even on my bad days where I may feel as if I'm not being the best wife or the best mother or the best employee, God still says, this is my identity. And that's why David was able to pick up the armor and Saul was like, but you're a boy. Yeah. That was what the world was saying about David in that house. Yeah. You're a boy. What can you do? I mean, who have you fought? And David said, well, I've killed lions and bears. We're yep. not talking about lions and bears. We're talking about real seven human, foot. seven foot person who has a sword that will kill you. And here is David like, but I killed lions and I've killed bears. So I think it's the same. But I think what he was boasting in was, God, if you could have done it for me then, yeah. I know you'll do it for me now. Yeah. And I think it was d- saying, that's your identity for me. But this is what God has shown me along the way. And this is how I got to Purposeville. Yeah. This is how I got here to, yes. to, to Freedomville and Purpose Avenue yeah. was that I started to believe yeah. somebody else's truth. Yeah. Because in a way, if you think about it is none of these people knew us before. God says, I formed you. Yes. That means when I when you're forming something in my mind, I think about a clay. When you see people on a wheel, there's an intention. Yes. No one just picks up a clay and is like, okay, I'm just going to, maybe that might be me because I'm like, I don't do pottery. But it's like you when you get that clay on a wheel, there's an intent behind what you're doing. Yes. So maybe not when you first picked it up, but once you start spinning the wheel, you're like, okay, I think I'm going to make this into a pot. And the more you spin, you're like, I'm going to make it into a pot that looks like this. And I might color it gray. And then I might put some designs on it. So the person who's creating is creating intent behind it. Yes. So why is it that we allow now someone on the outside to come in and be like, no, that's not what it was created for, but you're not the creator. Right. Isn't it makes sense to go back to the person who created it and say, but what do you say about this pot that you created? And they'll tell you, hey, I created it to hold water, not really hot water, lukewarm water. Because if you put it too hot, then it might break. And then someone says, no, put hot water. And it's like, but you didn't create it. And I think that's where it is. It's like we start to get and feed off our identity off of people who don't know. And getting that freedom and experiencing that freedom is saying, God, I'm shutting out the noise and I'm listening to you. And that's what David did. Yeah. was like, I don't care about your armor. The armor was clinging. I'm pretty sure as a kid, he was just like, <laughs> I don't know why. This I just think it was He was just like, like, oh my gosh, this is, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But then he took it all off and said, God, this is what you've given me. Yeah. And this is your identity for me. Yes. So that's that's an amazing that that to me was that depiction that you gave was oh. it's in my mind and i'm like yeah that's what i need to do yeah that's what we need to do we need to start getting comfortable in our god-given identity and not what people have been shouting at us what our minds have shouted at us yeah what our stories what our families yes what and, we've seen and his oldest brother also was like why are you here who's tending the sheep and so he's like, he, he was could just have, a shepherd boy. He could have let oh my gosh, she, that's good. He could have let that, like his oldest brother, like, um, and feel like, well, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's telling me I shouldn't. You know, he needs he wants me to go back or whatever it yeah. was. And so he shut that out as well. That's good. That's good. That's so good. Um, all right. 
So we're going to, this was an amazing session. If you guys didn't get anything out of it, I left knowing that whatever, it's really just going back and digging through. And a lot of times we may think, oh, we're living in this for, and every once in a while, even when you're on, on Freedomville and Purpose Avenue, there's a time where you got to go back and still dig and say, wait, there's things that are kind of peeking through. Maybe I didn't deal with them. And I got to shut that lie up and shut that devil up. But what I got out of this and what I want to kind of encourage you moms out there, you women out there is it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. And so we're so used to this microwave culture of throw it in. You're going to get it out. God is going to do it. I went to the altar. Yes, we're done. No, it's not happening. Ah, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a process and we're all in process. And I think when we can understand that there's the thing about God, the beauty about God is he doesn't rush anything he cares about and he cares about us. And so he's not going to rush your process. He's not going to say, all right, you know what? You're doing a great job. Get over it. No, he wants to spend time with you. He wants to mold you again. There are cracks that we may have, like you were saying, in our value system. And he's like, I want to take you back to the wheel, wet it, wet the clay a little bit and remold it and reinstill purpose. I think I just want to encourage you wherever you find yourself in, whether it's day one in your process to freedom, whether it's day 500 and you feel as if at day 500, oh my gosh, I can never, ever get to where God is calling me to do. Or, you know, God is saying, you're going to be like God said to Abraham, hey, you're going to be a father of nations. And Abraham is like, that's great. Let me just start with being a father of one. You know, let's not build this dream. (laughs) I always think about that. And I know that must have been scary. It's like, hey, you're going to be a father of many nations. It's just like, yes, one will be great if we could start off with that. But that's what a lot of times it feels like for us is God is saying, this is your purpose. And just like you, it's like even at that point when you were going through that initial grip of shame, you couldn't see purpose. God was like, you're going to free other people. And you're like, it's great. Let me free myself. I don't even know how to be free. Right, right. I don't know how to be consistent. I don't know how to read my word. How am I going to help somebody else? And God is like, day one is all I need from you. And it's never been our responsibility to rid ourselves of those things. God is like, I'll do it as long as you submit. Once right. you say yes, I got the rest. That's what yes. God says. Yes. Yeah. You say yes, I take it in my hands and I got it because I know what I'm doing. Yes, It's never your place to fix. So I think I just want to keep encouraging you guys. You may be battling with shame of things that you've done in your past or things that even happen in this moment as you're watching this. And God is like, you're just like, but how would I ever become the person that I know that God has called me to be? It's a process. Yes. It's not going to happen overnight. That's right. You didn't wake up and you were like, this is me. I'm Pastor Jocelyn. You went through that process. Yes. And every wrong decision or wrong decision in our eyes was God once God taking you one step closer to his destiny. Yes. So be encouraged. Yes. This was amazing. Thank you for sitting with us. Thank you so much. I feel so blessed. I feel so honored. I told her, I was like, I started this series and I was like, let me tag in all the big hitters first. <laughs> Get y'all to watch. (laughs) 
get you invested. I'm roping you in. This is a technique. So I was like, let me fill out my book, my big dogs. I went, I was going through my phone. I was like, who do I have? Who are the big dogs in here? And I was like, I gotta, I gotta pull them out. And they, you guys, have, you, oh, thank you are such a blessing. You've been such a, it's an honor. I say this not lightly. It's been an honor to watch you mother your children and learn even how to mother my kids because mm. a lot of times it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be that we sit and we talk about it but it's just like i see what you do how you interact with your kids and sometimes i'm like i want to ring my kids <laughs> and i'm like but pastor jocelyn wouldn't do that okay jesus i think i can give them one more chance to survive and live in this world <laughs> But it's amazing to watch. And I think I've had, it's just building this strong community of women and watching how you do life, marriage, parenting, living, purpose. And it's like, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah, I think I can really make this happen. So I do thank you and I honor you for being the woman that you are in so so many people's lives. So so now we're about to transition to... The rapid fire five questions. So that question, we're going to ask Pastor Jocelyn some easy questions. They're fun. This is not like, I know we went through the deep, intense cleansing portion. (laughs) And now we're going to transition. So I'm going to be asking her some five rapid fire questions that she, you don't have time to think about them. So it's literally... As they're finished, you're answering. That's how it's going to be. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Avocados. What? Like, for the rest of your life. I'm going to be sick of it, right? I'm like, you're going to be sick Sick of avocados. I'm like, where's the rice? You said it quickly. (laughs) That's good, though. That's an interesting one. Avocados. It's like, like, I'll go. That's That's interesting. I never thought of that. I was going with my mind. I was like... Chicken, right? <laughs> that's I what avocado. I was thinking. I love, I love avocados too. Put an avocado. I feel like if you put avocado on anything, it instantly makes it amazing. Yes, it that's does. It. It, does. it does. Avocado is great. <laughs> it makes it amazing. Um, coffee, wine, tea, or other? Coffee. All the way. Why? I love coffee. You love coffee? I love the tea. How many cups it. of coffee do you I have do a day? I only drink one cup a day. Wow. Um, but it is Bustelo, which is an espresso <laughs> coffee. So, so it is strong. I need my one cup a day, but I'd rather coffee. I think every every mom is like, yes, coffee. Yes. We will survive on coffee. It's our liquid gold. Hills or flats? Flats. Is that a thing that changes? It changes after many, many years. <laughs> I'm trying to chase your voice. Like around. even the size of my heels changed. <laughs> It's crazy. I started off, I was looking at a picture. I was like, I started off when I was single, not married, no kids. And it was like six inch heels. And I was so proud of myself. And I could walk. The other day, I pulled out like four inch. And I was like, Jesus, take them off. Yeah. I was like, where are my flats? Right. I was like, why? You look great. I was like, no, no, no. We're not going to (laughs) die. We're going to (laughs) live. We need our backs to be, you know. (laughs) So I put it away. So I definitely understand. Sweat or denim? Denim. Why? I, this is like this is opposite for me. I'm like I'm a sweats gal. Like I let's know. stay in sweats. They need to make casual, like business casual sweats, so I yeah. can go to work in. It just makes me feel so frumpy when, when I when you wear, wear sweats. sweats. Yeah. See, it does the opposite for me. 
Yeah. But then again, I think that's because I like staying on my couch <laughs> every day. If I don't have a reason to get off the couch, I'm like, no, we're not going to just send the kids. They're like, mommy, can we go out? We're not making random Since quarantine. No, always. Even before? Always. Oh, okay. So you're I'm living your best life. I'm living my <laughs> I'm like, I'm living it. But then it's funny because Randall and I were saying, even as I'm an introvert, a lot of people find that hard to believe. Right. Um, but I am an introvert. And um, it's crazy because even in quarantine, now I've gone through a phase of like, hey, what are you doing? I think it was too much introvert activity for us. We overcharged. And now we're looking for a way to get it out of us. Yeah. So it was always a good balance when you could go out and yeah. then it's like, okay, I'll come home and charge for two weeks because I went out one day. Right. That was my thing. Randall was like, people are like, hey, Mary, are you going to go out? And he's like, no, don't ask because she went out last week and she needs another three and a half months to get her back <laughs> To reserve her to energy. To reserve her energy and boost it up. Yeah. So that's it. If you could live, final question, if you could live on one scripture, so you ripped this one scripture, you're stuck on an island, what would it be? You're going to have to edit this one. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to have to it's ask like, me the question. That. You're going to have to ask me the question again. Pause it. <laughs> Man. Let her think. Yeah, it's okay. I really she can think, think about think. it. Tell me where you're at. Let okay. her think. We're, <laughs> We're not cutting anything. This is so okay. footage. Um, <laughs> that's a hard question. I thought no, about it. I know. I know the scripture. I want. I want to. But I want to get the scripture right. Could you pull out Isaiah 61? Okay. I don't have my phone on me. I could have just gone to the Bible app, right? Sorry. I tell you, I was telling my sister, I said, I don't know what's wrong with my brain. It's working. You have pregnancy brain. It's like working backwards. I don't know. You were going to ask me for a scripture. (laughs) You know how you know scripture, but you don't know the exact... Okay, so which one do you want to go Let me for? see. <laughs> Everyone's going to know when they see a little split. <laughs> Cut, she didn't know it. She she didn't have her scriptures no, ready. It. It's I, feel okay, like this is not it. I feel like this is not my... I mean, it is my scripture, but not for this segment. I feel like, no. Um, I always get stumped, too, when people yeah. like, one scripture. <laughs> Just one? The whole Bible. Right. <laughs> it's like one scripture. Sorry, I actually no. smuggled the entire Bible with me. <laughs> I made sure. I made little, little <laughs> notes. I just took my phone. Everything's right I there. know. <laughs> I know. I know which one. I should have just said it. You're going to have a lot of, like, the kids talking. <laughs> Would you be able to edit that out? I don't or? think it'll be too loud with the microphone. Yeah, there. no, you'll be I fine. I think it should be okay. It'll be all right. If not, I'm telling you. a little you. bit, but, you know. That's it's kids. kids. <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> this is kids. We have kids. <laughs> what are we going to do? Lock them up. 
They were locked in the dungeon. Okay. <laughs> You're in the taping of this. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's Romans 8.28. Oh, okay. Okay. And I called according to his purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm ready. So it's just asking the like, question. Ask it's literally question. like um, our passwords. <laughs> Are you so I'm like, why didn't it come to me? <laughs> Okay, so last question. Oh. If you could live by one scripture, so you're stuck on an island, you can't get off, and they're like, take one scripture with you, what would it be? It would be Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's my scripture. Okay. She's a pastor. <laughs> she knows scripture. <laughs> Listen, that was a good scripture to pick because I know I, I would have struggled. <laughs> like John 3, 16. Let's just keep it simple. <laughs> Everybody knows that Jesus loved us. So John th John eleven thirty five was always my mind. Jesus wept. You can't go wrong. He wept. <laughs> like, what does this tell you about it? No, he showed emotion. Do not ask me more than that. <laughs> just he wept. <laughs> so, but I do want to thank you so much for sitting with us. Yes. It's been an honor. Thank you so to, much. To like really just talk about this. And I hope you are blessed. As you can see, I'm going back and forth with the stomach in front of me. But <laughs> I'm trying to find, it's like when you're trying to find a comfortable yeah. position, you're like, okay, I think this looks like, and then you're trying to like suck it in and still look good for the camera. But <laughs> we made it through. Yay. Yes, we did it. So thank you so much. And thank you, Mary. It's been an honor and yes. it continues to be an honor yes. to be able to, learn from you yeah. so you guys this has been another episode of the royal mama couch conversation i hope you've been blessed and i hope that you leave inspired encouraged to pursue the things that god has placed on your heart you have so much purpose ahead of you and it's time for you to journey from shameville and pitch your tent and build a home on freedomville yeah. and purpose avenue i'll see you there thank you Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Royal Mama Couch Conversations. I hope that you left a tad bit inspired. I hope you laughed a little or a lot, whichever one. Um, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you share, you like, and you subscribe. Don't forget to join me on Insta so that we can continue and we can kind of have a conversation. Let's talk a little. Thank you once again. Live your life full of purpose. But more than anything, don't forget to roar.